Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you are listening to this latest HR on the Offensive podcast. Uh, it's Chris Howard here once again from uh, Lace Partners, and I am doing my what feels quite familiar uh, as a little interlude before I get into today's podcast. As you could probably tell if you are a regular listener, uh, we've had a bit of a backlog of podcasts that we recorded but then didn't release because of the whole COVID-19 situation. Of course, uh, life felt very, very differently back then. So we wanted to be very mindful of some of the changes that were happening. And that's why we released um, a number of the uh, podcasts. We almost almost fast track some of the podcasts that we've done, such as the ones with Norton Rose Fulbright talking about, you know, returning to work and how you deal how you deal with furloughed workers, or um, some of the uh, some of the initial uh, podcasts that we did where we talked about um, remote working, for example, myself, Kathy, and Aaron, which were which were fantastic. But this is a podcast today, which is uh, featuring myself talking to Kerry Nutley, who is the Human Capital Management Director at Oracle. And Kerry had written a book, and it was all around uh, change management and rapid change in HR and how HR is becoming uh, increasingly digitized. So we had some conversations around that and particularly given what has happened during the lockdown period through March, April, May, June, and here we are now in July uh, at the time of recording, I thought it was uh, good to be able to release this particular podcast because there were some fascinating insights from Kerry, um, even though it was a pre-lockdown, uh, pre-COVID uh, world that we were having the conversation is, there's a lot that resonated. We talked about how HR is, as I said, having to become more uh, digitized. You know, why do some people change or not change depending on their environments? And also one of the things that Kerry mentioned, which again can be applied to the uh, the lockdown period and, and the, uh, the, the recent months that we've had is how stress and the psychological impact that can have um, as people then, when they're under periods of stress, they become more task orientated and perhaps let focus less on the you know what is the what is the getting the project right and versus getting uh you know getting the milestones out of the way so some really really good chats that i had uh with kerry um i hope you enjoy the podcast um as usual you can listen via itunes you can listen as a live stream on the lace partners website which is lacepartners.co.uk forward slash podcast uh, you can listen on the soundcloud we also have it on spotify as well you just need to search for hr on the offensive we've got a host of great podcasts on there including some of the hr guild podcasts which are still up there as well so hope you enjoy this uh, episode of hr on the offensive and uh, i will be back soon with uh, another podcast shortly Hi, it's Chris Howard here on the HR on the Offensive podcast, and I'm joined today by Kerry Nutley, who's from Oracle. Hello, Kerry. Hello, Chris. How are you? Lovely I'm, to be here. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm going to have a chat with you about, well, a few things, actually. We're going to have a wee chat about your book, and it's all about change management. But before we do any of that wonderful stuff, I want you to talk to me a little bit about what you do at Oracle um, and your little bit of background on your career as well, if that's all right. Sure. So my name's Kerry Nutley. Um, I currently work at Oracle as the Human Capital Management uh, Strategy Director. So That's quite I, a job title. It is, isn't it? It's nice, short <laughs> and snappy, that one. Um, so uh, I think I probably have a 
probably one of the best jobs in HR. So um, what I actually do is I look at the future of work, how workforce is changing right across the HR ecosystem from compensation to payroll to workforce and analytics. And the reason for that is, as you may well know, is that Oracle is a large provider of uh, human capital management uh, operating systems and platforms. So what I'm doing is I'm out there working with our customers and future customers and influencers in the marketplace to truly understand understand where people are going, what our customers want from us as Oracle, and making sure that we're driving a platform to meet those needs. So innovations around it, it as well. Exactly. It's amazing. So um, and I think, you know, we're in the fourth industrial revolution right now, uh, digital, digital, digital. And, um, you know, this is really the time that we're saying some really rapid change in HR and the way we support people, whether that's within the operations and the implementation of AI within our operational work stack, uh, and how HR is now, you know, joining uh, the evolution and digitalization and what that means for the employee experience. So it's amazing. I love it. Uh, and the great thing is it's about my passion, which is about people and complex behavioral change. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit because you've written a book. I have written we'll a book. talk a little bit about the book, but then we'll apply it to some of the stuff that will apply some of the HR focused areas. Because talk to me about the inspiration behind the book. It's called How to Lead Through M&A Using 20 Easy Insights. So um, often when we uh, look at M&A, we probably know some of the statistics around it that 70% of M&As fail. Uh, not something you want to shout out about. Um, but often when we look at M&As, uh, it's a very stressful time within the organizations and the, the way that they come about, um, not everybody in the organization can sign the NDA when they're being designed. Um, but when we look at the processes around this, what I was seeing that where the failure was coming in is that it was very process project orientated mm -hmm. uh, and in my background having been an HR VP for BT uh, and delivered many operational change programs whether that's the rollout of fiber um, to actually implementing our own uh, HR um, Oracle platform at BT um, what was really key was people and getting the right mindset and really understanding the psychology uh, around people uh, and why people change or more importantly why they don't change mm. and how we as leaders really need to get on board um, and it's kind of my top 20 hints and tips around uh, change management it's a little bit of aim it's a little bit of David Rock and psychology uh, you know and all the great things we pick up and I'm sure people might read my book and say you know what Kerry that's common sense um, and as I think someone was once sent to me her nana used to say it's sense but it might not be common yeah, um, but, really <laughs> but what we find is, is that we're great leaders. Many people come to work to do the right thing and do the right thing by their teams and their organizations. But when we're put under stress and pressure, psychologically, we close down a little bit. We all do it. We're all human. Um, and then that what, what that can mean is we become quite task orientated. So mm. some of the great leadership skills that we know, and when you read my book, you go, yeah, I know to do that. I think what this is, is about an aid memoir to say, do we really do this? Do we take time to create space in that project plan, to create space to do the right engagement, create space, do the town halls, get the feedback, get the right people that do the job on the project plan? Yeah. Or are we so driven to meet the milestones, get it done, get the returns? Because ultimately, 
where we don't deploy change well, we don't maximize the benefits, we don't cash the check. Mm. And actually, from my role with being in HR, I think HR has that position potentially around the board table to put the hand up and say, this is fantastic. Yes, we see the benefits, but let's really put the people at the heart of what we do. Because mm. when we do change well, when we take the organization with us, we get the benefits from the business case and we ensure that the customer experience is kind of protected yeah. or it's optimized. And therefore, for me, when we look at M&As, um, actually what I was trying to say is, look, this is not rocket science. This is an aid memoir book, something you can read on the train in an hour, that actually put in your bag and get it back out. And when you're doing these types of highly complex change, very passionate and emotive circumstances with an organization, Pick it out and say to yourself, truly, did I do that? And did I do it well enough as a leader of this organization? Yeah. So uh, let me just pick up on something that you, you talked about there. And it was about, you know, having that conversation at board level. And one of the things that we talk about in HR on the offensive is that HR doesn't really do enough to shout about itself at board level. So can I just touch on that in your experience and talking to clients who you know, as, as working for an organization like Oracle in the position that you do, you obviously get to talk to lots of businesses, lots of HR mm. uh, transformation teams. Do you think that HR teams, HR directors, the HR profession does enough to shout about itself? So I think everything in, in organizations is a mixed bag. I mean, and I think where I see organizations doing really well um, is where HR has a seat around the board. Mm. And I think I'm seeing a cuspid change. So if I look at research being done, you know, 10, 12 years ago, it was all about mapping the customer experience. Mm -hmm. And even the work that you guys do at Lace Partners, you know, you're mapping now what we call the employee experience. Yeah. And I think when you look at the research, you know, CEOs are putting this on their priority list. So I think a good 50 or maybe 60% of CEO is saying this is a must do. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing a lot of customers come to us because they're wanting to digitalize that employee experience. Um, and I think to myself, that has to be the accountability and the responsibility of HR. Uh, and at the moment, what we're saying is for uh, chief HR officers to find friends around that boardroom, to reach out to the chief, chief operating officer, to work with the CTIO, work with the chief strategy officer, because ultimately... Um, and I'm sure you work with your clients on their operating models, is that HR is kind of that, you know, um, sixth and seventh layer in terms of people and location. Yeah. But actually, it's the most important. Before we talked about the customer experience, you know, putting the customer first, but you only have to look at LinkedIn today and we're actually seeing the employee experience. Why is that? Because six to 10 years later, we're saying without happy employees, you really can't deliver that customer experience that you desire in that strategy. Yeah. And in the digital world that we now operate in, when you're touching an employee, if you're not going through online, if you're not in that digital experience, often the employees are actually dealing with those complex problems when the process didn't hit the happy path, when you're in a recovery situation, and therefore having very skilled, very affable, very um, empathetic employees to do that customer-facing uh, interactions is so, so important. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to get that unless you put your, your employee experience at the heart of your strategy, yeah. and that's got to come from HR. How many businesses that you come across do you think actually do that well? 
Well, I think it's. I think we're on this, as I said, I think we're on this kind of changing cusp. And I mean, I know um, that you did some great work and I kind of hold it up as a benchmark when I, when I speak to my team around the wow points with uh, Unilever, a company yeah. that we used to work with in BT as well. And I think, you know, I'm really starting to see this, whether it's, it's, it's kind of a, our advisory partners like yourself and Lace, really asking the customers and the chief HR officers that you, you work with, what are the key experiences that you want your employees to take away? And then the work that we do is to then obviously reflect that within the processes and the systems and the interactivity through multiple devices, whether that's mobile phones or a laptop or, or our HCM system. Mm. What we're also seeing is a much more heightened awareness, not only to attraction and recruitment. So how do you get people in? How is your brand uh, positioned outside? But also at the back end of that uh, employee experience around uh, uh, the alumni. So the positive word of mouth when people people leave. You know, the, the, the economy is a very interesting place right now. Mm. We're seeing an increase of um, kind of part-time working, flexible working, contractor working. You know, the millennial uh, requirements on work is so much different to us, no longer probably uh, so much hooked into mortgages at such an early age due to the situation with the housing market, means they have a much more flexibility to move and swap roles um, to, to obviously have that greater experience and skills development. And so therefore, what we're seeing as is it's not just the employee experience internally, but it's how do you manage that experience externally in the market both in terms of attraction and recruitment but also in the alumni space too yeah so let's talk a little bit around your role at oracle sure the exciting things that you do so you get involved with um, complex change management so i'm interested to get your views just you know give us a bit of a flavor as to how you've brought the types of things that you've learned prior to Oracle, into the business now from a HR perspective? So one of the questions we always get from our customers is, is you know, what I need to do is once they've acquired the system um, is how do we get people to adopt it? Mm. Um, uh, often, and I've been here myself as an HR business partner and um, looking at many operating uh, operational roles, is that you buy a platform, you know, you go through... The, the procurement cycle when you end up with this and you go this is going to be brilliant and then it feels like you bought a ferrari but then you're actually riding a bike yeah. um so and you're, everyone's looking around going but hang on wait a minute they said we could do this and, and you know what the systems can do that but often the capacity to use that system to maximize that benefits of the system is how you go about that change curve and so what we do in Oracle um, uh, is to kind of make sure that we're working with customers through one of our maybe future ready experience days or working with partners like yourself mm -hmm. to be really very clear about what is the purpose and what does that vision look like in terms of the output? What are those wow moments you're going to define with your customers to say, this is the employee experience. These are the touch points mm -hmm. that really we want to make a difference on. Yeah. And then I think after that is translating that into the processes, into the data, into the system. And it's not just about the new, it's also cleansing the old. So making sure you remove old documents, 
But it's not just about the systems. It really is about that lower level of operating model. What we often find is people underestimate maybe some of the new skill requirements that they have for things around reporting, data analytics, how that might play a part in their new organization when they have this capability. Um, how are they going to program that, uh, you know, post rollout? And I think what we see often around change management is, you know, the initial headiness of, of deploying it and yeah. piloting it within the Ooh, HR department. Exciting thing. Exactly. And then obviously that change capacity, that budget, that work stream kind of disappears off. Mm-hmm. But what we all know as HR um, practitioners is that people go through their change curve at different rates. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is to make sure that we continually communicate that we involve people that do the doing we all know that the processes are there they're probably well documented or not but you actually need to speak to people and get them involved early on actually do the actual work themselves because these things what i call the operational reality versus process reality can really differ and there's and there's there's something in there definitely about communication um, point that you made and i think as well it's the mediums in which people absorb communication and the different types of communication. So for me, you know, I watch a lot of videos. If I need to do something at work, I'm not quite sure how it works. I find it easier watching a video than reading a manual. Mm. Um, and and so that's I think is is an important thing. So communications quite a key thing for the adoption side isn't it? it that's right and although the book is around MA, I mean there's some great hints and tips there for any type of complex change one of the chapters we have is around communicate 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 mm. we talk about town halls but we also talk about the way to manage people through their change curve we all know that um, culture will trump change so if the culture that you've got today isn't where you need it to be you need to either make the change fit to the culture or you need to change the culture first before you then implement the change Mm. because otherwise you're pushing water uphill but as well it's about taking people through the change curve and here my kind of one true north is david rock's scarf model there are hundreds out there i love this one Um, and i think it works for kind of most concept in work because people are people and although we're interacting in a business environment we really are kind of thinking about us what does this change mean for me personally so where you can give clarity where you can create fairness where you can create autonomy that people feel that they have a choice are just some of the elements Mm -hmm. where people feel that they can control some of the things that are happening to them they and where you can also link that in in a paradoxical way so often when we work with customers they're running the paradox of employing the the employee improving the employee experience whilst obviously looking at and and improving costs Mm. so some things may mean that some jobs disappear others might be created especially around the data scientist area Um, but ultimately some people are going to have to go through some fundamental change Mm. where you can be clear with your communications up front yes you will get people to go through their change curve yes it's not going to be right for everybody but most people can understand in the economic environments that we work in, in order to maintain change and to adapt to change to meet our customer and our market needs, that these things have to go on. Yeah. And I think 
you know, there is such a wealth of uh, different opportunities out there. As I said, the employment timescale is changing. The job is no longer for life. I think employees and colleagues are starting to understand that and therefore expecting more role change and career change as they go through. Yeah, and it's up to technology to help to facilitate that process. Exactly. And things like our Oracle platform link into LinkedIn, um, you know, there's uh, analysis we can do around uh, data analytics about um, looking at CVs, how you can use um, data to help select people with the right skills, taking out unconscious bias. So there's some really great tools out there now, which is really opening up the marketplace and really showing that um, our customers are getting the right candidate for the right job at the mm. right time. Well, that's interesting. And the data side of it's really interesting. Yeah. Just to draw on the HR and the offensive bit, one of the um, enablers that we talk about is, you know, HR being better at using the you know analytics data to, to prove ROI on projects. And do you see, again, from an Oracle perspective, do you see organizations utilizing the data enough within your systems? I, I think that's kind of a leading question because I think yeah. I know what the answer is going to be. So um, we have an amazing lady in Oracle called Glaraline Gladwin, and she presents with me um, because we do quite a lot about workforce, workforce of the future and AI. Funny that we're in Oracle. Um, <laughs> and um, I'm always a I'm always amazed by Caroline. Um, so Caroline comes with some great examples from one of our retail customers. And um, they're looking, I mean, it's a really competitive space, a lot going on to the digital area, which really is changing the roles of people that used to work in stores, in shops, etc. And so the work that they're doing, because the timescales of change are so small, they're looking at 18 um, to two years out, and they're actually mapping through AI um, where basically roles of today from store manager may change to a role of the future oh, called wow. experience manager. So they're working out how many people do they have in these jobs today? How many people are they going to need in the future? What is the career path? What is the skill set change? And actually by using Oracle's data analytics, they're able to kind of map that out so they can look at where they want to invest from their learning and development. They can then communicate that to their employees and that's really important because people who work for retails, they get it. They read it in the newspaper. They come to work in another shop, you know, has closed on the high street. So the ability for them to communicate their strategy, to communicate their clear their career path really does place, place in that kind of um, certainty to ensure that they keep their talent and they keep that employee experience really high. Mm. And it's these types of things where you can put the data in the machine and it can work quicker and faster. Mm. The other great thing I like about it is they can use it within their HR services. Um, and what they do is they look at the, the trouble tickets and um, we're all human. So uh, we all have a level of unconscious bias and that be might be around of our previous experience. So, you know, my previous experience, I might have assumed it's this type of person with this type of need that will always call HR services. Um, but actually what you can do with data analytics is you can ask the system to tell you 
based on the data, who's actually calling. Mm. And then when you know that, what you're able to do is to work out how long those calls take you. You can then work out how much they cost you. And then you know by focusing on those peak amount of calls where you can improve your FAQs, where you can improve your training. And that means our customers are really able through the data analytics to drive cost out. And they've actually seen some substantial savings. So yeah. what we love about it is that um, the employee experience changes, what people call about changes, but data analytics ensures that that improvement is continual. Yeah, and I think the key thing as well here is, again, in the HR and the offensive white paper, we talk about this idea of the people consultant, you know, yes. HR people being a little bit more strategic. And if you're able to, as you're talking about there, take away a lot of the operational side by making that more efficient, then as a HR team, you can start to focus on, okay, well, which direction is our business going in? What's the work, future workforce planning you know, requirements? I mean, and that's so right. So you only have to look at Gartner or I'm sure some of the research that you've done as well is that says, you know, elements of the work that we do as day as managers, as HR will be picked up by AI. Mm. Um, so, you know, you can today program uh, your platform to, you know, through voice um, interaction, answer people, how many days have I got leave? You can call Alexa or Google and they can tell you that, right? You no longer need to call HR services. Um, but what I love about it, what I love about Oracle when I joined was the mobile application. So I think of my role as HR VP and we touched on this at the beginning, you know, you turn up to the monthly board meeting, right? And I don't know, nine times out of 10, HR was the last agenda item. Uh, probably six times out of ten, they were overrunning, <laughs> and so it was like, okay, Kerry, can you just can you just say if there's any core actions? But we've got to run. People have got Kerry slides. Can you just take the actions in in the kind of next steps, right? So we've all been there, we've all done it, and then kind of every third month they put you at the top because you're kind of looking there yeah. frustrated, going, "This took me ages, this took me yeah, ages," yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, but what I love about it is with Oracle Analytics that sit on the mobile phone, whether you're an individual whether you're a manager or whether you're an HRVP, it segments the data. So it takes away the policing role of HR. We've all done it when we've sat there at the end of the month with our stats. This is where we are with performers. This is where we are with attendance. And we're kind of looking there. But this is the first time the business sees it. With, with Oracle, what you're able to do is to put that on the phone, give the empowerment to the manager so you don't have to come as the policing stick at the end of the month because actually they've got it. They can be autonomous. Mm. They can take responsibility for addressing it because ultimately everyone wants a happy team. And ultimately, sometimes when people aren't attending, there's something underlying which actually having a coffee and a chat may actually resolve that and get a better performance, which is ultimately what people want. So I love that about putting the empowerment back to the managers, back to the employees. So everyone can take accountability, the employer experience and ultimately performance and the customer experience. Okay, cool. Well, brilliant. It's been really, really good chatting. Thank Just you. before I wrap up, is there any, I would like to say, is there any sort of takeaway? If, if somebody's going to say one thing from the discussion that we've had today, it could be from your book, it could be something around change management that you'd like to leave us with. Uh, what would that be? I think um, my key takeaway around change management would be around sponsorship. And um, my key call out is that your sponsor doesn't have to be your chief HR officer or your CEO. 
it should be to have that pioneer, but actually your biggest raving fan could be the person that was most anti. Get them on board, communicate, appreciate that change curves might not be logical, might not be rational, but put time in your plan to get people to air it, put activities in your plan, but most importantly, work with the people that do the job, communicate clearly, set your sights high and go for it. Perfect. Kevin, thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers.